0: The book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses
1: 45 and
0: 48. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect.
2: This
0: place of scripture, our pastor, Brother Arkadi, called it, called to perfection. This promised commandment is, that is written in Matthew is presented to us in the series of sermons of our pastor, and it is the inheritance of saints of all time, and it's addressed by Christ to his disciples. And therefore, those who do not accept the authority of the person sent by God have no relation whatsoever to the inheritance of this commandment and likely will not have a relation to it. We have stopped to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a person, expressed in the ability to clothe our essence into the holy or selective love of God. Colossians 3, verses 14-15 But of all else, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, And let the peace of God reign in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body according to these words the reign of the peace of God or rather the righteousness of God because the peace of God can be maintained only by the righteous the reign of the peace of God in our hearts is possible under one condition if the selective love of God will dwell in our hearts and we will be clothed in the selective love of God the character of the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in scripture in the light of seven unearthly virtues and they are written in Second Peter chapter one verses two through eight. And we will read these virtues. This is virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love. Each individual virtue of the fruit of virtue contains the characteristics of all other virtues because they flow from one another, fulfill one another, strengthen one another, and are found in one another these virtues are the moral perfections and standards that are inherent to the essence of God that are given to us through Christ Jesus and that we are called to become enriched with and to enter into the inheritance of these virtues is possible only by accepting the Holy Spirit as the Lord and ruler of our life and the obedience of our faith to the faith of God and through the inheritance of these precious promises we are made partakers of God's essence so we have this perfection, having these virtues. And as Pastor had says multiple times that the perfection of God or the perfection of God in us is not that we are going to be all, all-knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent. No, this belongs to only one person, Yahweh, the Lord. We will never have this ability, but we will have different qualities and abilities, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love. The selective love of God expressed in the seven dignities and characteristics has nothing in common with human love that is filled with ignorance, selfishness, and inconsistency. And apart from the tolerant or selfish love, the selective love of God differs in that it is given the all consuming zeal of God, his omnipotence and his absolute wisdom that is impossible to use for selfish and ignorant reasons. This is a very strong passage and of course we want to remember this, that all of those so that all those people that are chosen they remember that the selective love of God it's impossible to use. It will not allow itself to be used for selfish and ignorant reasons. It will never be used by wicked people as well. With this, it is the power of the selective love of God containing the format of seven virtues that is called to destroy the power of death in our body and replace it with the reign of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies and clothe our bodies into the resurrection of Christ in the face of our new man. And now let us remember, uh, quickly, all of these seven characteristics, they practically, all all these uh, definitions were summed up out of all the uh, sermons that Pastor had, had said. A small definition so we can understand, because we're looking here at the definition. So, seven qualities. Talking about virtue of the selective love of God, we've established the origin and source of all good. We've see, we saw God. Virtue is he. Um, virtue def- defines who God comes from, or who good comes from. It comes from God, and who evil comes from. It comes from devil. Whereas the second quality, knowledge in the selective love of God, is called to give us discerning of what is good and what is bad, or what God views as good and what He views as evil. The third quality. The love of God that has self-control in us gives us the power to choose what God views as good and reject what He views as evil. And the patience of Christ, the fourth quality in the selective love of God, is founded on the ability to look at what God views as good and wait with patience for the fulfillment of what we have seen. The discipline of godliness, the fifth quality in the selective love of God, is called to keep itself undefiled from what God views as evil and hallow God in our hearts and souls and now brotherly love in the selective love of God, it serves as the guide from death to life because we love the brethren and whoever does not love his brother abides in death. And love, the seventh quality, is the bond of perfection that is inherent to the essence of God and the Holy
2: Spirit.
0: Or, In a certain format, we have already studied the manifestation of the selective love of God in five virtues. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, and godliness. And we will continue to study the virtue of the love of God in the sixth characteristic. This is brotherly love. The selective love of God, discovering itself in brotherly love, can dwell and express itself in the atmosphere of eternal life that we came to through death when we were born from the seed of the word of truth. When a person has been born from the seed of the word of truth, he had to go from death to life. His heart must have had must have brotherly love. How can we define that? He has been born born again. He loves the church and he does not see a blemish and then when he grows, he will see the envy of his brothers, the gossip, the the slander, the resentment, but what it's very easy to define when a person was born again. He does not see any blemishes in the church. He is astonished by it, however it may be. The churches are different if one is born of God. He loves it as a mother, as as she is. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14-18 through 18. If a person is not born again, but intellectually just accepts God, yes, I believe in Jesus, he might say. Well, then why don't you have a soft heart? Why do you like what the preacher says? Why are you stumble on other people? This person is not born again. He just simply liked something. He just realized that I need to select either Christianity or or, or to be an Islam. Because to be an atheist is foolish. Because when you are atheist, for a lot of people, they feel like the only thing left for them to accept is Christianity because they don't belong anywhere else. But to be born again is to love God and those whom He gave birth to. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren and sisters. I myself have added this. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue. Take a look. He doesn't look to the apostles, prophets, or leaders of cell groups, but he says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And so when a person is born of God, he is given the choice to either enter a state of death, and become dead to God and unsuitable for any good deed or enter a state of eternal life that he did not know of before and become fit for all good deeds and demonstrating brotherly love. In, For example, in Greek, there are four words that define the word love. First, love for a friend or for multiple friends is defined by the word filio. Love for relatives by blood is defined by the word Storgi. The love of a husband to a wife and wife to husband is Eros. The love of a person toward God and God to man as well as brotherly love is defined by the word Agape. We know that the first three types of love reveal themselves in the power of flaming human feelings, which blind the human mind and subordinate the will of man to themselves. By virtue of this, all these three types of love allow a person to use these three types of love for their own selfish purposes. Proceeding from the revelations of scripture, the nature of brotherly love, which forms in our hearts the atmosphere of eternal life, is hidden in the love of God agape. And unlike the three types of human love, it is beyond the emotional and rational capabilities that cannot penetrate into the unapproachable light of the fourth dimension in which God dwells. And so, before us stood four classic questions. The first one, by what characteristics should we define People who are part of the category of our brothers, or for whom we are called to lay down our lives in order to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? Second, what purpose is the selective love of God called to fulfill in brotherly love toward one another? Third, what conditions are necessary to fulfill to demonstrate the selective love of God and brotherly love in our faith? And fourth, by what signs should we test ourselves for the presence of brotherly love toward one another in the selective love of God? We must note that we are not talking about those brothers in flesh and blood or those who wear pants, but specifically brotherly love among saints because it's written that brotherly love continue among you. Hebrews 13.1 And therefore, we have already looked at the first two questions And we will turn to studying the third question. What conditions are necessary to fulfill to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? So very quickly, let's return and let's go back and remember, in order to pay a price, let's remember who is our brother. Or to understand what brotherly love is. Who is my neighbor or brotherly love? Not just a specific person. First and foremost, this this person is God. He is, for us, our neighbor, a very close neighbor, and is our brother. This is also the anointed people of God who represent for us the fatherhood of God and His helpers only under the condition that they walk with Him in one spirit. Our neighbors are also our parents if they are found in the faith of God and they dwell in the order of God. Our neighbors are also our, our children. Our neighbors and brothers are also the saints in the church that are found in the status of orphans, widows, and foreigners. And they are inhabitants of Zion. Only they in church can be our brothers. And the most important, which the pastor is focusing on, our neighbor is our own essence. For our spirit, of course, it's the Holy Spirit and our spirit learns to hear the Holy Spirit in his spirit and these are very two uh, figures that work closely with one another, they depend on one another and for our spirit, the neighbor uh, has, the soul is the brother to our spirit because we can't accept the revelation of the Holy Spirit without the revelation and our spirit renews, we need this renewed thinking and for our soul her brother is our tongue or our body We can receive a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Our spirit can pass along this revelation to our mind. And if our mind does not cooperate with our tongue or with our body, all of this will die in us. Scripture says that if we believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and we proclaim with our lips, then we will be saved. Why? Because with the heart we believe unto righteousness and with the lips we utter unto salvation. If we have righteousness in our heart and it's not proclaimed, we will perish. How beautifully was it shown, or how how does our father-pastor differ? Because he turns all of these illustrations you me wise unwise soul carnal spiritual he focuses on the essence of a person showing this beauty in the spirit of a person and there it's difficult to point a finger why because all of this is found in me this whole beauty this whole harmony is found in me and then when we look to the church we say oh he's good he's bad he's wise he's unwise but when we look to ourselves we Uh, we soberly be able to see the revelations of God. Therefore, we're going to continue to talk about the price, what conditions or what price or what conditions must be fulfilled to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith. What price, what does it cost and what must we do? and of course we have a direct translation I want to say hello to all those saints that are that are watching us from live stream right now I want to say that we all love you your uh, places right now in the church are held by angels and therefore please please don't uh, please come back quickly because quarantine is an abstract understanding for people Please don't use it incorrectly. So we wait for you in the church and we love you and are wishing for you to come back. And so let's talk about the price. The first price. To demonstrate brotherly love in our faith, it is necessary to having put away lying speak truth to one another because we are members of one another Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and be clothed into the new man created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth therefore putting away lying let each one of you speak with truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another in practice, to speak truth to one another is to create a kind of atmosphere of the liberation of Christ, as well as an atmosphere of trust, so that we can provide the protection and comfort of Christ to one another. The protect protection from
2: what?
0: to one another in triumphant victory over distrust and our inherited suspicion and lies. It turns out that in order to produce this atmosphere of love and the liberation of Christ, we need to demonstrate triumphant victory over distrust and our inherited suspicion and lies this quality of suspicion and lies that we had inherited from the vain life of our fathers. However, if we first don't learn to walk uprightly, practice righteousness and speak truth in our hearts, we will not have the capability to speak truth to one
2: another.
0: We will lie to one another if we don't have this in ourselves because in order for us to not lie to, we need to learn to not lie to ourselves. It's necessary for me in my heart to speak the truth. And if I and my heart do not speak the truth, however I may speak with you, I will I will cause suspicion and lies. Psalms 15, 1-5, Psalm of David, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor nor does he take up a reproach against his friend in whose eyes a vile person is despised but he honors those who fear the Lord he who swears to his own hurt and does not change he who does not put out his money at usury nor does he take a bribe against the innocent he who does these things shall never be moved to walk uprightly practice righteousness and speak truth in our hearts and then to one another We need to, through instruction in faith, complete three faithful actions about which Apostle Paul had written. This is to take off the old man to renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind and be clothed in the new man. These three actions define the righteousness of our faith in the process of our total sanctification that pursues the goal of total dedication to truth, magnified as a commandment for us that yields our calling contained in the adoption of our body to the redemption of Christ. If we don't fulfill this commandment in these three faithful actions, we will not have the opportunity to put away lies so that we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith. And consequently, we will not have the opportunity to pass from death to life so that we could stop being carriers of a terrestrial body and start being carriers of a heavenly body. The phrase put away lies and set aside your former way of life in Greek lexicon as well as in Hebrew, although they differ, they pursue one goal.
2: <laughs> to
0: put away lies is to set aside your former way of life. And what is most significant is that lies that live in our body are referring to reigning sin in the face of the old man, over which stands the organized powers of darkness. And so here are ten components that include the understanding of how to put away lies. Tell me, what does it mean to put away lies? Well, I will read the definitions, and then Pastor will provide very quick definitions to each of these ten definitions. And so, to put away lies... This means first to conceive and give birth to truth. Talking about a wicked person, if he produces fruit, and if we produce another fruit, and they begin to battle at the gates, Scripture says that we, the sons, who have filled our quivers with arrow, will overcome the wicked. We will overcome lies. This righteousness that we have accepted, this truth, it was conceived, and it gave birth to righteousness. And these sons will battle with me at my lips. Second, hate lawlessness in our body. That's how we can put away lies. Third, put away lies means to throw the bearer of lies off the th- off, of our body. Fourth, put away lies means to wash away lies from our hearts and evil thoughts. Again, we're talking about what it means to put away lies. It means to break the bonds of lies and to overclothe the shackles of lies. It means to deprive the carrier of lies of power in our body. Seven, to send the bearer of lies to an impassable land. Eight, to stop decay in our body. And ninth, it means by obedience to the truth of the Spirit, to purify our soul and ten, to deliver peace to our troubled body this we must do in order to learn how to reject evil put away lies and speak truth to one another lies are a program that comes from the father of lies and therefore who the father will be so will the fruit of his womb be and in And in order to somewhat expand our knowledge of how to reject lies in our bodies, in order to be able to speak the truth in our hearts for ourselves and each other, we will take at least a cursory glance at each of the ten components, although there are many more. First, proceeding from the fact that lies in our body is the power of reigning sin that is the program of the father of lies, the carrier of which is the old man in our body. To reject the authority and power of lies in our body that we inherited by us through our birth from the destructive seed of our father, we need the weapon of righteousness. That is the power that can overcome the father of lies. So, lies have power, right? We have to give birth to power. We need a weapon that's going to withstand these lies. We need to give birth to truth. We can gain the weapon of righteousness only through righteousness in faith in the seed of the preached word that we must grow into fruit of righteousness so that we can resist the fruit of lies with which the wicked has conceived and bore in our body. Let's read one more time how the wicked conceive, give birth and then how we can conceive and give birth to righteousness and that these sons of the wicked, the old man and my sons, the fruit of righteousness will fight with one another at the gates of my lips to s- speak truth or speak lies to speak truth or speak lies well, a person will say, I'm not going to lie anymore well, of course, you can say that and then all of a sudden he lies right away he lies can you not lie? Yes, I can. And then right away goes and lies. You've already lied. If you don't lie to yourselves. We have been born with this inherited trait, this inherited equality. Psalms chapter 7, Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity, Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a put, pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. Psalm seven, fourteen through 16. If we do not return the evil on the head of the wicked of our body in the face of the old man through the fruit of righteousness that we have grown in our heart we will not have the legal opportunity to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith so we can speak truth to one another. And consequently, we will have, we will not have any opportunity to pass from death to life and become carriers of a heavenly body. Now let's take a look at how we give birth to our sons that are going to fight with lies in our body. So we don't speak lies, but speak truth. Psalms 127. Behold, children are a heritage of from the Lord the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior so are the children of one's youth happy is the man who has his quiver full of them they shall not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies in the gate the gates in which our sons as fruit of our righteousness will speak to our enemies who are the fruit of lies are our pure lips that proclaim the faith of our heart in the fruit of righteousness so To not speak lies to one another, but to speak righteousness. We, this is a very important illustration, we need to give birth to these sons, this fruit. I can't transform myself. God has given me the seed in the form of the preached word. I make it the belonging of my heart. This heart cooperates with my soul. It renews my thinking with the spirit of mine, and my soul then gives uh, a signal to my lips, and I begin to speak the truth and fight. And this, for me, becomes a... becomes just a natural thing to speak truth and not speak lies. This was the first example. There are 10 of them. Second, to reject the authority and power of lies in our body, it is necessary to love the authority and power of righteousness in our heart and despise wickedness in our body. Psalms 45, verses 6 through 7. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. Again, scepter. Scepter. We're talking about how to speak the truth. Everything will surround the lips. Everything surrounds the lips and the tongue. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And so the scepter of righteousness as a scepter with which God rules and with which God fulfills His judgment and holiness are our pure lips, cleansed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at how Isaiah has cleansed his lips to cleanse our lips, it was necessary for him to see the enemy in himself, first and foremost. And God cleansed his lips so that he can become the lips of God. Isaiah 6, 1-8 through 8, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood Seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. So, the Lord of hosts means the Lord, uh, g- the general of heaven. And he says, I He says, "I am undone, Isaiah said. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And this is a revelation, this is a battle in his lips, and we can receive this through the preached word. When we have these cherubims of God, and they, when they Reveal it to us and how to overcome. And again, one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I, here I am, send me. Third, Again, we're talking about how to reject lies and speak truth to one another. Third, to reject the authority and power of lies in our body, it is necessary to ta- to overthrow the carrier of lies from the throne of our body. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest ye become weary and discouraged in your souls. The throne in our body are our lips that have gotten used to speaking the lies that were inherited from the vain lives of our forefathers, to overthrow sin that has bound us in the face of our old man who represents the interests of the father of lies in our body means to fulfill three faithful actions, specifically to take off the old man, to renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind, and to be clothed in the new man by way of proclaiming the faith of our heart, which in practice means, on the foundation of the faith of God accepted in our heart, to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God, calling the inexistent, overthrowing of the old man from the throne of our body as existent this is a third condition very interesting component that it turns out that in order to not lie to ourselves and then to not lie to saints to speak to, to ourselves pastor says that it is necessary for us to learn to call the inexistent as existent people from the side say well you're lying you are saying that you have this but you don't have this Scripture says, if we want to be rid of the genetic lies, we need to speak with the lips of faith. This means to speak that which we might not have yet, but we already um, that we already have on our accounts, and call the overthrowing of the old man from the throne of our body, to call call it as existent, and thank God for this. This is very important. If we right now, in advance, do not speak these things, then this will never occur. We will continue to lie to ourselves and to lie to one another, and while at the same time saying, I, I love you, but at the same time lying to each other. Because a pastor says in every every service, call the inexistent as existent. Why do I need to lie to myself? You are not lying to yourself. In this manner, you are taking away the old man from the throne of your body. Because God must impute this to us as righteousness. When did he impute this righteousness to Abraham? When he began to call the inexistent as existent. God imputed this to him as righteousness. How can we become righteous? I'm going to fast pray, and what? I'll pay a price, and God will say, you're righteous? No, this is impossible. To become righteous, as God has said, it's necessary to do so by faith, to call the inexistent as existent. God imputes this as righteousness. This I might not have, um, but... I have stopped to lie to myself and to call the inexistent as existent. God, in advance, He places this on my account in Christ, and He views it as if I have it as a deposit. And now I can take promises from God and to take them from my account, I must place it on my account. This is possible only when I call the inexistent as existent and God says, you are righteous by faith, but now know that you must bring the fruit of righteousness. Use the time that you are given. On your accounts, there is a balance, but it must be used so that on this balance, you can bring the current currency, what will be your fruit. So that seed that we accept and we place in our heart, this is is a gift of grace, and this is a gift for us. For Christ, this was a Golgotha. We must understand this. We take this seed from this fruit, from Golgotha, death, and we place it in ourselves according to a gift of grace. For us, it's a gift. For Him, it's a great price. And Christ says, you've placed it there. Now know that this must find itself in the fruit of the tree of life, which you will grow in the Eden of your heart. Fourth, to reject the authority and power of lies in our body, it is necessary to wash our heart from wickedness and destroy the nests that lodge evil thoughts within us. Jeremiah 4, 14. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness. That you may be saved. How long shall your evil thoughts lodge within you? To wash our heart from wickedness and destroy the nests that lodge evil thoughts, it is necessary to have the ability to reject evil thoughts in our hearts and accept good ones. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 7 verses 14 through 15 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good
2: To proclaim
0: new thoughts that we have accepted in our heart through the teaching and edification and faith is the fruit of righteousness grown by us, by which God appraises us as righteous before him. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. So we see here that the Lord Jesus learned how to reject evil and choose good. and He was born from the truth. He had no lies in him we have such a uh, genetics we need to remember all of these 10 points and again, I read these points and you will ask a question which one is most important? well, all of them are important fifth to reject the authority and power of lies in our body it is necessary to break the bonds of lies in our soul and cast away the cords of wickedness okay, now lies, what does it do? It clothes us with cords of wickedness, now begins to torment us.
2: Psalms
0: chapter 2,
2: verses
0: 1-4 through Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall hold them in derision. To break bonds means to terminate a union or agreement, to distract attention by taking the guilt of your household upon yourself, to separate from power sources. Again, internet, YouTube, and all of these things
2: to tear down the
0: intentions of lies, to tear into two parts the robes of the law of works, to separate the pure from the unclean and the holy from the unholy, to give God the foundation to remove evil as far as the east is from the west and to uproot the inherited gene pool. This is what it means to break bonds. But how do we cast away cords? As if they're very similar, but there are small differences. To cast away cords, to overthrow from the throne, Throw onto the ground. Cleanse the ground. Throw away from out of the limits as something that is foreign. Reject all that is from the flesh. Very interesting that I can take off the cords. I cannot take off the cords unless I take off my binds. This is my relationship with people that are not my neighbors, my brothers. We can't take away the cords to break bonds, as Pastor said, and to cast away courts, to break bonds, to terminate a union or arg- arg- argument, to separate ourselves from dangerous people who are not our neighbors and brothers. Who is our neighbor or brother? We know that our neighbor is he with whom I can't and who can't without me reach the heights that God has placed for both of us. And there are those people who contend for the role of a neighbor, but they have left God's order and they neglect the order of God. They say that we're neighbors, but Scripture says that we must break a union or agreement with them, to break our bonds with them. They say, you're my relative, my neighbor, you're my partner. But the bonds must be broken. And when these bonds are broken, now these these cords that are upon us will fall. And not one saint has come and said to me, you know, I have taken away from, our, I have cast away cords uh, with my relatives. There was such ease. I thought that this would be a catastrophe. And they say, it became easier for me to take away these cords. I can speak with God and I don't have anything weighing down, he says.
2: To break
0: bonds, if we break bonds, then we can cast away cords. The sixth condition to reject the authority and power of lies in our body it is necessary to have the powers to deprive the carrier of lives of authority in our body Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 15 Inasmuch as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage We are referring to depriving the carrier of lies in the face of our old man of power through the truth of the cross of Christ. Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So pay attention. Here it turns out that we can deprive the father of lies of power through the cross of Christ. And we say here... uh, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, meaning we die to the world or to those people who contend to being our neighbors, but are in fact lawless people, there will be some kind of pain. And you you know that you will, not just you will have pain, but when we die to the world, the world begins to suffer. People came up to me and said, the friends that I broke my relationship with, they don't, they're not giving me rest. They said, we have lost our communication with this kind of a great person. They say, well, we love you. We still want to communicate with you. We bless you. Can we just not talk about God? Can we just not talk about faith? Let's just talk about the weather, how the birds sing, how wonderful it is. When my parents told me this, I said, you want to t- talk to me about birds? When my parents told me this, they said no you want to talk about weather in Portland? They said, no. I said, well, what are we going to talk about right now? What we're going to talk about is going to kill and destroy you, because I know that you don't need birds, you don't need the weather in Portland. You need one thing, for me to worship to you, and this will never happen, this will never happen. I'm not alone. All of us saints who are here, perhaps they're a little softer than I am, but each of us have had to pay this kind of price. I can I can say this strictly with my parents and earn a bruise and sp- speak sternly with them. We must understand that Let me go with a bruise into the kingdom of heaven, then find myself in another place with those who have stepped away from the faith. Seventh, to reject the authority and power of lies in our body, it is necessary to have the legal foundation to send away the carrier of lies from our body in the face of the Azazel goat in in an impassable land. Leviticus chapter 16, verses 21-22 through 22. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an inhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. Leviticus 16, verses 21 through 22. The foundation that gives us the right to send the carrier of lies in the face of the Azazel goat out of our body is our baptism, in which we are immersed in the death of Christ in the dignity of a goat that is brought as a sacrifice for sin. So, Jesus Christ. So, well, let's take a look. Before we send this goat, we take this goat that could not have been killed. This goat was brought to the priest or the pastor in the face of the priest. It, he had um, laid the iniquities on this goat, and then he was put into a hot and inhabitable place. Land, And he had carried these sins on it and no one knew where he went and then he was lost. And let's read about another another goat who had died and whose blood uh, had, sprinkled, had sprinkled the tabernacle of meeting. Not talking about the Azazel goat now. Another one, Leviticus chapter 16, verses 15 to 20. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bringing its blood inside the veil. Do with that blood as he did with the glo- blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins. And he, so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out that he make atonement for him and for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel, and he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord, and make atonement for it. And shall take some of the blood and bull, and some of the blood of the goat, and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with a finger seven times, cleanse it, and consecrate it for the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting, and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. So we see two goats, right? One goat that has a body, Jesus Christ. Satan, He didn't take into account that Jesus Christ would come into the heart of man and he will
2: become…
0: Satan, he cannot die, he cannot live, die and then resurrect, he lives in eternal death. He lives in eternal death. Jesus accepted the body that can die, a living body. It can die. If it can die, that means it can resurrect two lives. Satan, when he fell from heaven, he figured that God has two chances. He can live, he can die, and he can also resurrect. Devil dwells in eternal death. Jesus Christ came and he went up on the cross The Azazel goat cannot do anything, and he became as an Azazel. He took the sins, from there he goes into hell, he places all the sins upon this goat. God justifies him and then resurrects him, Christ, and the Azazel can't do anything. He remains with the sins there in hell. He lives an eternal death. Jesus Christ received the body. And he had made a great mistake, Satan made a great mistake, when in Eden, he became a God of man. He entered into man, and he closed this bottle, like being a genie in a bottle. And a person has a spirit, soul, and body. He can live, he can be born, he can die, and he can be resurrected. He has two chances. He has life. Christ had this, and therefore we must understand this, that the... Azazel understands that the Church knows this, and each time we come to pastor and we confess our sins, then he, as a high priest, take these sins and he places them on the goat of the Azazel, on Satan. And this is very important for us to understand this image. Pastor had highlighted all this very beautifully, and again, I would like to continue, but you can look at this in the, in the notes, and he goes over it in greater detail. Eighth, To reject the authority and power of lies in our body, it is necessary to stop the process of decay in our body. We need to stop the process of decay in our body. This decay, this viruses and all these things, how do we stop it? Let's read. Second Kings chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And so he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah and had fallen from that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water it was divided this div- divided this way and that and elisha crossed over so it's necessary to stop decay in our body how did this happen for elisha when he had tore his clothes he tore his understanding when he died to his own understanding yes he knows a lot yes he has uh, he has read a lot yes he has a lot of um, experience he has heard a lot but let's tear The clothes before rapture, before the reign of the resurrection of Christ occurs in our bodies. Let's now tear these clothes as our own understanding, because the action of decay will be conserved or we are going to be able to be clothed into the pearls of incorruption and to stop this decay that is found in us. When? When we tear our own understandings and when we agree with that understanding that comes to us from heaven in the format of garments of the mantle of Elijah now. And here he's standing with torn clothes. This rapture has occurred for Elijah. Why could he have not done it before? He stood there and he begins to act then, only then. This is a very important factor for us to consider. It's necessary for us to tear apart our own understanding in order for us to stop the action of decay in our body. It will never stop unless we stop or unless we Terror our own thinking. I never heard this in our church, perhaps uh, long ago, but we don't have these people anymore. I'm not told these things. I don't hear of them occurring. I can elbow them with one hand, and then we'll stand together. Ninth, to reject the authority of power and lies, the, of authority and power of lies in our body, is necessary to the obedience to the truth through the Spirit. Purify our souls by the truth of the blood of the cross of Christ. First Peter chapter one. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. We must cleanse ourselves here from the blood of Christ. And for this, when does the blood of Christ work? When we walk in light, just as He is in the light, Then what? We have correct relationships with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. To walk in light means to walk in the light of the reigning teaching of Jesus Christ. Therefore, if a church does not have the reigning teaching of Christ, it does not walk in light. Saints cannot have correct relations with one another. They lie to one another, although they say they love one another, and then the the blood of Christ cannot cleanse them. The blood of Christ can... Only do anything in the light of the teaching of Christ. Tenth, to reject the authority and power of lies in our body is necessary to bring rest to our weary body. Isaiah chapter twenty-eight
2: verses eleven through eighteen.
0: For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to the people.
2: This is
0: the rest which we cause the weary to rest. This is so, this, and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear what the word of the Lord was to them. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here is a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men who rule his people who are in Jerusalem. Because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol, we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come for us for we have made lies our refuge and under falsehood we have hidden ourselves. Therefore, thus is the Lord God. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. The hail will sweep away the refuge of lies and the waters will overflow the hiding place. So take a look. Here he says, people in Jerusalem say, but we made a contract with death that when the all consuming fire will come, as one person says, these leaders that used to be in our church he says, they don't have elementary Jewish trickery. They say, like, pastor, go and say, I'm sorry. And then continue to do the same thing. They don't have that. Behold, I lay a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Also, I will make justice a measuring line and righteousness a plummet. The hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters will overflow the hiding place. This Jewish trickery will not help these people. When the word of God is preached in our church, this is a flood. It goes into the holes of the li- of the liars. These people had strong Jewish trickery that we could not have even dreamed about. But the revelation of God had uncovered them. What are we talking about here? We're talking about how to speak lies. That if we do not do this, then the revelation of God, as it is, as it is written here, that these waters will overflow the hiding place. And your, the covenant with death will be annulled and your agreement with Shul will not stand. When, the overflowing, when the, the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. I don't know why they said mention Jewish trickery.
2: Humorous.
0: When Christ is accepted, they will not speak this. Again, we have looked at ten qualities. Second, to demonstrate brotherly love and the selective love of God, Agape, it is necessary to not devise evil against our neighbor when he trustingly dwells beside us. So we have talked, to, looked at the first component and ten components, and now we're looking at the second price. We must not devise evil against our neighbor when he trustingly dwells beside us. When he trusts us. Proverbs 3.29, do not devise evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. This passage cannot be directly tied to Christ who is our neighbor because he knows our thoughts before they can devise evil against him scripture says he doesn't need someone to he 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 saw a person straight through but it can be about our brother who is clothed in the powers of the fatherhood of god who does not have the ability to penetrate our evil thoughts as well as our brother who is our neighbor and trustingly lives with us relying on our good intentions toward him he trusts us he relies on us and our good intentions toward him A question arises, what should we view as evil thoughts against our neighbor who trustingly lives with us or beside us? Evil thoughts are comprised of when, in our relationship with our neighbor in the face of our pastor and our brothers who are faithful to him, our lips and the thoughts of our heart are not one team. So our lips and our heart are completely different teams and we are lying to ourselves and then we lie to others. This happens when we carry envy in our heart toward our neighbor and wish him evil because we view him as guilty for our unfilled desires. But with our lips we express and highlight our deep respect toward him and solidarity with him. Again, this happens when we carry envy in our heart toward our neighbor and wish him evil because we view him as guilty for our unfilled desires but with our lips we express and highlight our deep respect toward him and solidarity with him Proverbs 26 23 fervent lips with the wicked heart are like earthenware covered with silver dross we should know that the intentions of the Holy Spirit in this case are to protect a person from this evil thought against our neighbor who trustingly dwells with us. Because in the end, the affected party will be the person who divides evil against his neighbor who trustingly dwells with him. The man against whom they devise evil, despite the cunningness of the one with whom he trustingly dwelled with, attracts the favor of God and becomes wiser and stronger. Therefore, we should not have any questions about who, out of the wicked and righteous, will come out victorious. The righteous will emerge from this furnace as gold that is cleansed from all impurities, while the wicked and the lawless will be destroyed. And so, to demonstrate brotherly love and the selective love of Agape, it is necessary to uproot from our heart the envy we had inherited in the sinful seed of our fathers. And therefore, it is necessary for us, through instruction and faith, to humble ourselves under the strong arm of God by the power of the cross of Christ so that we can obtain access to the treasures that are hidden in the blood of Christ. Otherwise, we will not be able to withstand our genetic inheritance, though we could not devise evil against our neighbor who trustingly dwells with us. First Peter, chapter one, verses eighteen through twenty-one: Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of the lamb, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Third, to demonstrate brotherly love and the selective love of God, agape, it is necessary not to violate our neighbor's boundaries, which men of old have set. Deuteronomy 19.14 You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark or boundary which the men of old have set in your inheritance which you will inherit in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And so landmark are boundaries that outline a territory of an inheritance given to us by God in the limits of the promised land that is given to us in our possession through a lot Figuratively, our inherited portion given to us by God in the limits of the promised land is our belonging that defines the territory of our sovereignty. So these landmarks are the promised land that identify the boundaries of our sovereignty. So those promises that we have accepted in God, they have a boundary, a landmark,
2: this means that they are found in my sovereignty. I'll pay
0: attention to pastor when he speaks. Think he has the heart of a father, of course. He never, he speaks with love and respect towards saints. He offers these important important truths but he never violates our boundaries. This isn't just given with a sp- uh, spiritual level in the heart of a father but this is also given with the understanding of what landmarks are, what neighbors are, what boundaries are. That the landmarks are boundaries that outline a t- territory of inheritance given to us by God in the limits of the promised land. Therefore, to remove our neighbor's landmark is to encroach on the sovereign rights of our neighbor. By violating the landmark of our neighbor and the subject of his sovereign rights on the territory of his property, which first of all is the property of God, we fall under the curse of the law that was ratified by Israel on the tops of Mount Ebal and Gerizim. Here is written, Deuteronomy 27:17, Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. And so, landmark. This is a hill, a boundary, limit, edge, territory, region, fence, rim, belt. The landmark of our inherited portion and our neighbors is defined as the promised land. Again, our inherited portion as well as our neighbors is the soil of our heart and our body that is created by God from the earth. So, the promised land, Pastor offers us to see it in the soil of our heart, the spirit, and our body. From this it follows that the territory of our heart and our body is a battlefield, for the possession of which God wages war with the old man living in our body, behind which are the organized forces of darkness, who have acquired our heart and our body upon the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden. A question arises, how and in what circumstances can we encroach on the sovereign rights of our neighbor? Let's take a look at how we might encroach on the sovereign rights of our neighbor. Brother Akati gives us a few examples. And we have uh, to encroach on the rights of our neighbors. God has given us a promised land. He has called it land, promised land. It was a land of Canaan. Then it became the land of Israel, the promised land, because it has a promise. It must be cultivated, and the land of Canaan must become the land of Israel, warriors of prayer, who must take it. And these promises were meant for our body and our heart. And now let's take a look at where this encroachment happens, where it might happen, where we might violate the landmarks of one another. One of the encroachments on the landmark of our neighbor can occur when our rational abilities not only rule and govern our emotions, but also encroach on the rational abilities of our heart, just like princes of Judah who stepped away from God. Hosea 5.10 The princes of Judah are like those who remove a landmark. I will pour out my wrath on them like water. So here, what's interesting is that to to move landmarks, we meet with the principle not in church but in, in ourselves, that it turns out that our princes, in the form of our thinking, our mind, renewed, they might move encroachments, because our renewed thinking is a component of our soul, and it is renewed, and this is very good. But this renewed mind, needs to carry responsibility only over the rational abilities and for the emotional sphere and control our feelings. But when all of a sudden our mind, our renewed mind, begins to encroach on our heart or our spirit, then we violate the boundaries of our neighbors. We must understand this. This doesn't mean that if I have a renewed thinking, then I have a full guarantee of fall. When we have renewed thinking, we can f- hide from a very high level. Take a look at what the cherubim, when, the fallen cherubim had done. He thought in his heart that I could be like the heart of the Most High. I will go up to the clouds, he thought. From this very minute, he became wicked. Satan, when he was an angel on cherubim, he had no sin in his he simply had violated the boundaries. He said, I will be like Him and I will be higher than Him and I will place my throne higher than the stars. He thought He would be higher than God. Not the Son the Holy Spirit, but the Father. Renewed thinking. If a renewed thinking means does not mean that we have a guarantee we must keep ourselves uh, our guarantee is in Christ Jesus if we keep ourselves in trembling and with a contrite heart but it's possible to f- to fall from a high place and when they fall from a high place they may be destroyed that's why it's very important that we must now more than ever be contained in fear and trembling in fear and trembling because it's very unfortunate when people fall from this height. The next kind of encroachment on the landmark of our neighbor occurs when we steal the flock of our neighbor and feed on them as our own property. Job chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. Since times are not hidden from the Almighty, why do those who know Him see not His days? Some remove landmarks, they siege flocks violently and feed on them. This occurs when we attribute to ourselves the thoughts of our neighbor in the face of a person who represents the fatherhood of God, which are a revelation of the Holy Spirit. And when we portray them as revelations that we ourselves have received, this was what it means to encroach on our neighbor. When we portray the revelations of the anointed man of God as our own revelations,
2: and
0: those that have been received by us, must be very, very careful with
2: this.
0: The next kind of encroachment on the landmark of our neighbor occurs when we drive away the donkey of the fatherless so that we can fulfill our own desires. Job chapter 24,
2: verses 1 through
0: 3. They drive away the donkey of the fatherless. They take the widow's ox as a pledge. This occurs when we, using our position that is comprised of an authority in the Church, portray our own lusts as the will of God, and we prompt our neighbor to fulfill our lusts as though it is the will of God. We should not do these things. This can sometimes happen among leaders who help. We must know that there are fatherless and the widows, and they hear these truths. In the church, we have wi- widows, they have died to their nation, their household, and the corrupt desires. They have this essence, they are found in the order. They know what order is. And the leader, he understood this. And he knows that he is found in this order, and he can use this order for his own lust and take away the donkey of the fatherless and take the widow's ox as a pledge, meaning if you don't go and you don't go feast with us, then you are a disorderly person, you are not in the order of God. They said, we haven't seen for Brother Akadi do these kind of things in his service, for him to go on Sundays during service to go and eat, some, eat out somewhere during the time of service. I'm just uh, pointing an illustration. What does a person do? People are found in the order of God. They know that they had to die to the world, to themselves, to their household. They are widows, orphans. And this leader comes and says, okay, you're in the order, now you must listen to me. You don't know, pastor. I know him very well. And they begin to lie and to attribute all the vices to him and all their dignities they take for themselves people are ashamed to call and ask. It can't be that our person would lie, our leader of our home group would lie and say these kind of things about pastor. This can only be done by a wicked person. Well, it is possible. there, It does happen. And the Holy Spirit th- throws these kind of people out. Furthermore,
2: uh, the next kind of encroaching occurs when we
0: job chapter 24 the next kind of encroachment occurs when that we push the needy off the road that leads from them from Jerusalem to Jericho job 24 chapter 1 chapter 24 verse 1. Since times are not hidden from the Almighty, why do those who know Him see not His days? Some remove landmarks, they siege flocks violently and feed on them. They drive away the donkey of the fatherless, they take the widow's ox as a pledge. Uh, They push the needy off the road. All the poor of the land are forced to hide. So they push the needy off the road. To push the needy off the road, it's to act like Absalom had done, saying that there is no one who can hear you. If I was placed as a king, I would deal with your with your with your issue, and the person would say, "Of course, we want this kind of a king for him to to deal with these issues for our benefit." And they pushed the need off the road by distorting scripture. Apostle Paul tells us to not distort scriptures. Not one of my helpers need to do this. This is forbidden. That's why we will thank God for that revelation that we have heard. May be blessed in your prayers. Amen. Let us pray. I love you, O Lord my strength my rock my fortress my deliverer, my God my rock of Israel in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation and my
2: Deliverer.
0: I will call upon the Lord and be delivered from all my enemies.
2: In
0: our distress we have called out to the Lord and he has heard us out of the depths of his holy holy dwelling.
2: And he has come in
0: his wrath he has inclined the heavens, he has come down,
2: he
0: has sat upon the angels and is carried on the wind.
2: He
0: has stretched out His hand to me and has taken me out of the deep
2: waters.
0: And He has taken me out and placed me on a broad place because He favors me. We thank You,
2: Lord,
0: for the great privilege to be found in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name we thank you that upon this place dwells the blessings of ancient hills and everlasting mountains we thank you lord that today you allow us
2: to hide
0: and to find protection in the death of the Lord. You have said that when you go in your anger, the only place where we can be found is in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we place ourselves before the rocks in the death of the Lord Jesus and the baptisms. And we are not scared when you... when your fire devours your enemies... We thank you for your holy that your holy inheritance is contained in your in your rock that has become our fortress we come there we run there and we hide ourselves there and we are lifted up on heights that are higher than us and the enemy his lies his slander are inaccessible to us we thank you lord that from these heights we are able to proclaim those truths and to ratify those truths that have become the achievement of our heart. We can proclaim your judgments upon the wicked in the face of our old man and his fruit that is presented in lies. Allow us, Lord, to be clothed in your revelations and to step out in victory going against the
2: enemy.
0: We thank you that today upon this place we are able to curse and destroy all illnesses, premature death, ignorance, covetousness, resentment, offenses, all lies. We thank you, Lord, that today upon this place can abide the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, the atmosphere of love and trust, because we today are upon this place through the hearing of your word that you have offered us through your anointed man. We are triumphant in victory over lies, the grown fruit of righteousness grown in our heart. We thank you, Lord, that victory begins when we grow the fruit of righteousness in our heart and we proclaim it with our lips. We begin to say the truth and we begin to overcome evil when we call the inexistent as existent. And this is righteousness. We hold complete victory over lies when when the righteousness of God meets with lies and overcomes it at the gates of our lips and we select the truth and we ask you Lord, for you this program in the face of the old man in us can if you we ask that you conduct your judgment over it, and pour out your indignation through the proclamation of our lips on the old man. We thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us to take off the cords, the heavy cords, but before this, you allowed us to break away all ties with the wicked, all carnal ties through whom the wicked have access to us. We thank you. For every holy person that has paid this price
2: and
0: has taken off all of these cords that tie him to
2: hell, the
0: difficult cords.
2: Today, Lord,
0: with your proclamation, we set them aside. We thank you that today that we can call the inexistent as existent, that today we can thank you for the resurrection of Christ in our bodies. We can thank you perhaps being found in illnesses, and weaknesses, in pain. We can continue to call the inexistent as existent and thank you for the resurrection of Christ in our spirit, our soul, and our body. And we thank you for that life that is found in our body and that death does not have any authority over us because we partake to the first resurrection in Christ Jesus. We thank you. Christ, that you are our first resurrection. You have died, but you have also risen. You were alive, you were dead, but you resurrected. We thank You that You today in Your Resurrection have given us the teaching about justification. You have resurrected us in the resurrection of Christ, and today we are filled with Your justification. We thank You for the gift of grace that we have received in the redemption in Christ Jesus. We thank You, Lord. We do not earn our salvation. We thank You for that salvation that we have accepted by faith. For us, this was a gift for you, this was fruit. For us, this was faith for you, this was blood and nails, was death. And we accept this seed, we accept the desire to grow this seed in fruit, the tree of life. will be grown and this will occur when you will place your foundations in the death of the lord jesus when you allow us to enter through the narrow gates by being immersed and clothed in the death of the lord jesus and then you will allow us to produce the fruit of life. We thank you, Lord, for the fruit of life that dwells in the bodies of your saints. We ask you, Lord, for the bodies of saints today to be covered with the resurrection of Christ. Today, our weaknesses, our illnesses, we embody with the proclamations of the resurrection of Christ. And we do not allow death to portray itself. We do not allow it to portray itself. And we thank you that death cannot penetrate death with its symptoms and illnesses.
2: Today we have accepted
0: the resurrection of Christ in us and have clothed this f- this temporary this decay, this we have clothed it in the resurrection of Christ and we wait for that time
2: when that pearl
0: will be clothed because nothing unclean can enter into heaven. We, Lord, are found in patience and we thank you for the resurrection of Christ that we are found at the door of hope and that you have said that you will give this promise and that you favor to tarry it not because someone is not having enough time you want to slow it down, not someone is not having, not one of us are not having enough time. He who does not have enough time, he ha- didn't have enough, he didn't make it. You want to slow it down because such beauty, this patience of Christ, heavens have not seen yet before. And you want to look at the masterpiece that your son, Jesus Christ, has created by the power of the Holy Spirit and you are slowing and you are astonished by the the illustration of resurrection. We rejoice and we wait for your coming and you are satisfied by this. We thank you, Lord, that your saints, your anointed people, your children have become an example to the whole world and if you want to look we will
2: wait
0: we will wait and we will affirm knowing that that reward that waits each holy person who has demonstrated faithfulness until the end and this patience is not a burden on us it brings upon us such astonishment that you have as well.
2: Because
0: we have penetrated to the dignities of virtue, knowledge, self control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love these qualities became our qualities and we could wait like you and rejoice like you and however long it takes we will wait in our heart there is full peace and rest
2: we are
0: ready Grateful for that fate, and we already see that fate that awaits us and that you have prepared for your inheritance. And for us, it gives us a great privilege to come to service and to view you through your word and through the service about the gospel of the kingdom. If we were to not have had this word, if we were to not have had this mirror and to which we can look upon and be transformed, we would not be able to wait for you. When hell and death had covered us, we would not be able to swallow up death, but you have given us your great power and your great glory in your word. And we thank you for this. We thank you that we are able to look at the mirror of the word of God, And to see ourselves, to see our inheritance, to see this promise that are yes and amen, that have resurrected.
2: We have acknowledged
0: that you are answering your anointed one from the holy heavens. And we rejoice in the Lord. Some rejoice in chariots, some in their horses, but we rejoice in the Word, the Word that has become a part, our part, our portion. We ask you, Lord, for you to fill with your divine oil and revelation our pastor, Brother Arkady. And we ask for you to allow us in trembling and in the fear of the Lord with desire and with thanksgiving to take those breads and those revelations that we have heard and to demonstrate love. And then you will give a new revelation. We thank you that you give us these deep revelations because your church is ready to accept them you were to not give them if your church were not be ready. But your chosen remnants is ready to hear and to accept that which you offer today through your anointed one. And this brings joy to us. We accept the breads and we accept and understand them. We accept them. We place them in our heart. And we thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us to fill our lamps with oil from the vessel of our heart from our vessels and we thank you that you have placed the oil of the revelation of God in our vessel into our heart because before your coming no one will be able to fix their lamps only with that oil that is found in our own heart and if our own heart is empty and a person will come to complete shock. Allow us, while we still have time, to fill fill our heart, and to with through our heart to fill our lamp. Allow us to accept Your Word in our heart with thanksgiving. We thank You, Lord, You have allowed us and taught us today to not violate the landmarks of our neighbor. We ask You, Lord, for You to continue to teach us further. We make the decision to not violate the landmark of our spirit,
2: our mind.
0: Our mind is given so that we can pass along to our lips or our body that which the Spirit has given it, and to control our emotions. But our mind is not given to control the revelations of God that God has given for the Spirit. Allow us, Lord, for our renewed mind to not become prideful. Allow our mind to remember whoever he may be and however, whatever heights he may reach that he has given, only to pass along to our lips that which the Spirit says, and to control our emotions. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty that you reveal to us in your word. And we want for this divine order to dwell in our essence, for your divine atmosphere, brotherly love and love, to abide here, And that's why we proclaim victory and triumph of the Jesus Christ over all envy, bitterness, disobedience, and all disobedience. We hold captive by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that every disobedience that can be found in us or outside of us, that we hold captive when we demonstrate our own obedience to your word we thank you for this service we ask you we pray for that mercy that waits for us in our future sermons services our mighty God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come